Hello, and welcome back to Now Screaming, Episode 7. I'm Evan Colbertson. And I'm Liz Smart. And we're watching all the horror movies currently streaming on Netflix. So you don't have to. This week, we're talking about our second remake. Is it really? It is a remake. I didn't know it was a remake. It is. It is We Are What We Are. We Are What We Are. It's from 2013, mm-hmm. and it is American. <laughs> another one, another yeah. American. But the original is a Mexican film from 2010. Oh, wow. So this is kind of like Wreck and The Grudge and all and of that. Let the Right One In. And... Let the Right One In. Mm-hmm. Really, it's a real quick turnaround. They're, bar- the... they're barely even remakes. They're just like Americanized versions. versions. Yeah. yeah, exactly. That's very interesting. Yeah, but this is our second film that was made before. <laughs> <laughs> Starting out, you might as well just say, I think we both liked it. Recommend, yeah, Yeah, definitely. you should watch this. Yes, so if you are going to watch it, which we suggest that you do, uh, stop the podcast here because we're going to get into spoilers, and this movie's probably better if you don't know what's going to happen. I would say so. Um, I did, because I read the Netflix description, so don't do that don't either. Don't do that. Ooh, <laughs> it yeah. gives it all away. Um, so go into this movie knowing literally nothing. If you don't know if you want to watch it yet, let's give you a quick rundown, Mm. which is a little teaser, which is that this movie is about a family, a religious family. Mm -hmm. Mother, father, three kids Mm -hmm. who are going through a hard time uh, with their most important religious ritual of the year. This is, this is their big one. And for years and years, it's gone on totally fine. This is the year that throws that all into chaos. And this is about what happens around that. And yes, we'll specifically that. the daughters. We'll mm-hmm. say it's it's mostly from kind of their perspective. It's their story. It's their point of view. And their issue with uh, what's happening in this in this story. Yeah, and it's really interesting. It's um, it's a good meditation on on tone. It's got actually. I mean, it's 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 pretty different than a lot of the stuff we've talked about. So I think so too. It's it's utterly serious. It's and very serious. It, actually does it we've watched movies that have tried to be serious and have just failed i actually think this movie i'll go ahead and say this off the bat i think this movie is a better done rights of spring Mm. um not totally it doesn't have the dual storyline well sort of it it sort of does but it 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 really mostly just deals with all the things we criticized about rights of spring a lot of just the nitty-gritty detail and and the tone this movie gets if not perfectly much better than other yeah. movie we watched. So if it sounds like something you want to watch, this is your last chance to get off, but <laughs> leave. <laughs> if you want to forge on ahead, we're going to talk about this movie because we have a lot to say about it. All right, it. let's get into it. So we want to do a character intro? Yeah, we should we should set right. for listeners. So yeah. this family consists of a father, two daughters, and a son. Frank Parker. Yes. Iris and Rose. Iris and Rose. And Rory. Rory, who is like six probably he's very young yeah he's pretty young and the girls are uh, 14, 14 and like 17 probably, probably. 17 like yeah. high school age uh they used to have a mother at the beginning of the movie they have a mother and she dies in the opening very scene. quickly dies seemingly kind of maybe suicidally it's kind of it's, her death doesn't end up that it's way it's pretty unclear it's very unclear but in the car ride she's like Dear Lord, please protect my babies. So potentially she knows she's not coming home. I think or she knows she, she's dying. There, yeah, that's probably what she probably. We don't know what's going on. That that she collapses in this torrential downpour because this there's this rainstorm that floods this town, and that's mm-hmm. sort of in the backdrop of all of this. Yes, well, that's kind of that's the impetus. That's the catalyst. Yeah. Is that this flood, for all intents and purposes, brings to light all it washes everything mm-hmm. up the river or down the river. Uh, and specifically is the cause of the mother's death because she is sick, she does fall, and then she drowns 
in like kind of like in a puddle basically which yeah. is just a horrible way to die especially that she kind of like lets herself go she's conscious mm. she's lying there and she's like this might as well happen i will say it's pretty confusing i didn't know what was going on for the first 15 minutes of this movie <laughs> <Right>. probably <laughs> And I and immediately I think this movie sets up such an interesting tone. We said in the intro that this movie really centers around these two girls, Iris and Rose, and I think that they really are the heart of the movie. They definitely are, and I think they also set up uh, something that happens tonally throughout the entire movie, which is that when I saw them the first time I saw them, they sort of represented just in like how they looked what I think is present in this entire movie, which is the juxtaposition of the past and the present. That immediately, Iris, she's got bangs. She's kind of, she's wearing a brighter color. I think she's wearing purple the first Mm -hmm. time we see her. And she just seems to represent kind of like a more modern woman. And Rose is like tight braids, uh, kind of like a white nightgowny shirt. And she just looks straight out of like a Victorian era. And it's very, it's confusing at first almost. Like you're like, when does this movie take place? I think that's an interesting, that's a dissonance that this film plays with. There's a point at which one of the, the, the turn for me is there's a point at which the deputy in the town who likes Iris invites her for a movie. And I was like, oh, so this isn't so rural that they don't have movie theaters. Right, and they're driving around in cars. Well, they have cars, but, you know, we don't know how far things are from each other. It could have been really rural. Mm -hmm. But no, they have movie theaters and... But they also use, like, uh, gas lamps. Yeah. They just... They take aspirin. They, that's what I'm saying. Like, there's just this really odd, really confusing feeling of, like, what time period I'm in. And that no one really seems to find it that odd. That's what I was like. Is this the weirdo family up on the hill who is living like they're in the 1700s? But no one really seems to find them that weird. They're no, probably weird, but, like, not any more so than anybody else in this small town. Yeah, it's just this town. It's just, you know, they're used to being in the 21st century and having come up the way that they do and right. being reliant on probably farming a lot for their economy and stuff right. like that. They're just used to. I think there's even kind of a a weird every place thing going on because they say Delaware County and that hit me immediately because I'm, I'm from Delaware County, Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. I didn't actually live there, but it's where I went to church. And Pennsylvania can get that rural sort of. But there's also Delaware County, Indiana, which is what I believe comes up if you just Google it. I actually think this is in New York, though. I think it's in the Catskills. Because there's a mention of having to send something to Albany for tests. Oh, really? Did they mm-hmm. say Albany? Yeah, they say Albany. That'd be weird if there was a Delaware County in Pennsylvania and New York. In any case, it could be it a fictional feels, county. It maybe, but it, that's what I'm. I'm even saying is that it feels like, but the, there, it feels really southern at points too. There's a part where Iris finds Anders, the police officer who's interested in her. Uh, she finds him in the in the river outside her house, and she goes, "Anders, what are you doing in my creek?" Like. Like they're in North Carolina. I don't know. It seems a lot more Appalachian than Southern. I just think that it has it has bits and pieces of every place, just like it fair. kind of That's bits fair. and pieces of every time. It just feels really. I think it's. I think it's supposed to confuse us. I think it's supposed to feel like where are these people and when are they and what are they? Ooh. <laughs> I don't know what that was. I have no <laughs> I was idea what you mean by that. Tying it into the title. Oh, because they are what they are. They are what they are, and they are where they are, and they are. When they are. <laughs> okay. I don't know about that. All right. I'm, Again, you, I'm reading a little more. You think maybe. more about these movies than the people who make them do. <laughs> or maybe I don't. Maybe that was in the original. I think that another thing to your point that this is doing is that I don't think this movie feels like a horror movie for most of it. I actually had the same thought about. It's not really dealing in, in suspense for the, for the most part. There's, there's, a, there's a bit of a turn. It's not dealing in suspense. There are some 
I guess we might as well just get into it. Yeah. They there's a lot there's a lot of build up and at, at one point there's a scene where we find out that there is a person chained in the basement. That's sort of They even set up even earlier than that that uh there's a cut there's a scene that cuts away before any action happens, but the father is driving on a road, sees a broken down mm-hmm. car with a woman trying to maybe change a tire or something. And the implication is very much that he attacks her. Right. But we don't really know. I mean, we don't know what thing... happens to her at all. And I don't, I don't think that it deals with a lot of suspense in that. And it's not interested in, I don't know. It's not trying to scare us. No. It's trying to unsettle us, I think, but not really scare us. The It's only kind of similar to what happened in last week's in High Lane of like, monsters are people, people are monsters. That that idea is scary. That this idea that you could be living in a town and these people... Who are your neighbors? Are are have this whole other secret life? But for the most of the movie, we have no idea what exactly the scope of that yes. is. The tone is not scary. The tone is really uh, what would you say? Like I, I'm I'm feeling like the tone is just like drab and dark and dry and mm-hmm. and slow and empty. Yeah, there's no again. It's a lot of atmosphere. There's no camp to this at all. No. Yeah, and I think that's really interesting that they they play this totally straight. I think part of what's going on with that is that. One of, I feel conflicted on this. I'm interested to hear how you feel about this. The way that they talk in this movie is intentionally off-putting. They say a lot of things like, for the whole first 45 minutes, they keep saying like, oh, you have to do this now. Now that mom is dead, this is the way things are. And this is our way. This is our way. They say that a lot. Stuff like that. But we have no idea what they're referring to other than we can tell it's sinister. I mean, that's really what we, Mm -hmm. what it builds to. Because And the girls are showing some reluctance. Yeah. Uh, this has been their mother's job for all this time, but she's now dead. And now it's up to Iris as the eldest daughter to, to fulfill her role, which obviously has those really creepy undertones yeah. of like that. There's that religious aspect of like your job as the woman is just to kind of fulfill this womanly role, which in this case means like dealing with the prisoner. Right. In whatever that's going to mean. Uh, and so there's that there's that all there's that horror aspect the whole time of like. These children being pushed into doing something that they clearly don't want to do. Yeah. I yeah, I think it's a lot less clear that they, they get a lot more reluctant as they get into their responsibilities. That's true. They want to please their father at, at first. But what I was trying to say is that especially the way the father talks, it's just I didn't like the sort of meaningless, mysterious bullshit of what is it? Uh the seed shall bear the fruit and feed the kindred and the rain is in our bones kind yeah. of shit. That's that like... gets into the thing that I thought could have been utterly removed from this movie, like literally just cut it out and nothing would have changed. And I would have probably liked it more because it just confused me was um, when the father, when Frank says to Iris, he gives her this journal and is like, now this is your duty. And she reads from the journal and it flashes back to, I guess, when the Parkers like settled in this area, Ugh. which is that that's when they started like, can we, can we reveal the big turn now. Sure. They eat people. That's their whole thing. But this They're... is revealed in a series of flashbacks yes. over the course of probably 45 minutes yes. of her reading her mother's diary. It ha- No, I think it was even earlier. It was the original diary of the first woman who's Alice Parker. It's her quote that is that plays at the beginning of this movie, which is something like, I didn't write it down. I guess. I don't something care. Something like, uh, God's will be done. What what I do, it's what it is. It's what I do. I do for love. Like, for God's will. Bleh. Yeah. I think it's the worst part of this movie. There's no reason I, for uh, these stupid flashback scenes. I agree. Like... And it actually just confused me because uh, maybe all white men look the same to me, but I couldn't tell 
if uh, the father in that story was the same father. And I was like, wait, is he ageless? That's what I think. Is this them? Well, because you don't find out until the last one that it's 1782. And I sort of thought that was the implication is that they're immortal. That they right. become immortal by eating people, which is a which is a very like common. Well, I think it's actually a very common. Uh, that's where the myth of the um, Wendigo comes from. Mm-hmm. Is Wendigos are cannibals, and that's why that's how they have superhuman strength and they live forever. But that that movie, this movie is not that. This movie actually does the it opposite. Might be. It might be. No, this movie does the opposite, which is that eating people uh, kills you faster. That's how the mother died. That's why she's so sick. It doesn't kill you faster. You get sick from it. It's like a. Oh, it's yeah. like It's like actual and medical. Yes. Is that they like develop Kuru disease or whatever. That yes. That's how their whole mystery gets solved. They're like trembling on their. There, it's a. It's a form of um, Parkinson's. Yeah, it's like a, it's a neurodegenerative right. thing. Which I had no. Is that actual science? Because yeah. I had no idea about That's that. That's Why you shouldn't eat people. <laughs> Well, I was going to, so now I guess I don't because oh, I don't Parkinson's. Uh, but that's how they get figured out in in the eventual resolution of this movie, which is that there's a character who is acting as their... The way that this comes out is that there's a doctor in the town who is investigating the death of their mother and does an autopsy and ends up finding out that that's why. And he has a sort of separate plot as all this is going on that we'll, we'll put that on the table for a second mm-hmm. and get back to that. I do sort of want to talk about we might as well talk about the cannibalism, which is the aspect of this, which is that we sort of we sort of rushed past that. But that is a pretty big reveal. Mm-hmm. The movie holds that for probably an hour. Yes. We don't know. Again, it's 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 building. There's a, there's a few. Um, I was gonna say fun. There's like little hints about it. <laughs> there's clues because this is a religious ceremony that they're having. Yeah. It's all what this is based off of. Is that they're this is their this is what they do for love for the Lord, and. They're fasting the entire week before this happens. So they're fasting. The little boy, like, can't handle it. Um, That's leading up to this meal that they're going to have on Lamb's Day. They only do that once a year. Yes. Which Which, is why they can get away with it. Right. Like like I said, better rites of spring, which is that they have only ever taken three girls from their area, but they have taken 30 30. from the surrounding area, which is why no one's ever put it together before. I did think it was a little weird. That they've lost three women, three girls around the time. But it made me wonder if maybe there was, like, they kept ones for longer. Like, maybe they could keep someone down there for a couple months. Right. You know, like, they don't just kill them right away. There's They, they have, a like, a torture dungeon where they could really keep someone. They could kidnap someone in January and have this ritual in, in March. I guess they're running a greater risk of being found out, but... I guess. They've, they've been doing this since they settled in this area. They may be immortal. You don't think they are, but they might be. That doesn't make any sense. I hear you, but I don't... The movie doesn't disprove it. It kind of does. There's I'm nothing... pretty sure that's the same actor playing the father. Is it? I am almost certain. Then why didn't like his daughter live forever? I don't know. Maybe he's she's not devout. Maybe he just lives forever. I don't know. I don't think this movie's doing anything supernatural. Hmm. I actually think it's kind of disproving that with being like, if the Lord wanted you to do this, he wouldn't give you Parkinson's. So it's anti-religious. I I definitely think so. I think this movie's like, screw your God, don't eat people. (laughs) You know? Yeah. Like, they're presented as being awful. Uh, Like, I mean, even just a little plot point, like, Iris is not allowed to have a romantic slash sexual relationship outside of this family. Uh, She isn't. But I don't necessarily know that that's because of 
the religion. I think that it's not because of the religion. It's because of how their her father interprets the religion, which is that Iris has a job to do. And even Rose, who actually really loves her and does want the best for her, is like, don't leave me for that boy. Yeah. You know, well, there's the structure of this family, which is based around religion, is so she, this is she, your job. Could she have slept with this boy if her mom hadn't died? Maybe. I feel like her father wouldn't be policing her as much. But again, that's the religion, is that now she is the mother of this family. What's the thing is that he has stepped into the role of His life has come apart because his wife dies. Yes. Like, he is... And he's the... To this actor's credit, Bill Sage, he is the scariest part of the movie. He is... He just has such presence, and he is scowling, and he is upset throughout the whole thing. And he is, like, deeply affected by the death of his wife. He isn't this cold, calculated... He even's kind of... He's almost scary because he he seems to emote and then not emote, like at the flip of a switch. He's got that kind of like scary thing where you don't know really know really how he's going to react next. So he's very unpredictable, and his daughters don't always know like how to how to read him or what to do or how to proceed because he's also not guiding them through the death of their mother at all, really. And he's just sort of pawning the son who is six and you yeah. know may need his mother kind of off on the neighbor, and like he's not really dealing with. He's only dealing with the ritualistic aspects of this. Like, okay, Iris, now you're the mother. Mm-hmm. He's not dealing with his children having lost their nurturing. Right. And they're still young. Can we talk about Deputy Anders? Yes. So this is the deputy. Sweet, sweet Deputy Anders. Uh, played by Wyatt Russell, who is the child of Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn. Nuh-uh. Yeah. Kate Hudson's brother. That's so uh, funny. I didn't know she had a brother. brother? Cousin? Brother-in-law? What? I don't think Kurt Russell is... Kate Hudson's dad. Really? That wouldn't make them cousins. That'd make them brother and sister. <laughs> Look, I don't make the rules. Listen, you have a half-brother. <laughs> oh, boy. Anyway. <laughs> it's really good that we did this movie this week because he is in the new season of Black Mirror. He's in... Oh. Everyone's talking about San Junipero. He's in the other really good episode (laughs) of season three of black mirror which is playtest which is really scary and cool and about video games cool and i saw him and i was like hold on a second but if we had watched this movie last week i wouldn't know who he was any idea but more famous people's kids showing up after uh, (laughs) everywhere after ethan peck he's really sweet he is really sweet on iris for some reason he really likes her they went to school together yeah and this small they go to public school together like yeah she just, it, this is, this, Anders was my big clue into, like, this town, really. Because, like I said before, like, they're weird. They're a very weird family with weird habits. And most of this town seems, if not up to total date, because they're not a city, they seem fairly, like, it's a normal town. And this family is just, like, up on the hill, making money off people, staying on their land and trailers. Mm-hmm. And they seem very odd, but nobody thinks that they're weird. Which means they living... they're probably not that weird. They're just right. weird to us. But, and, and any suspicious activity that they may have had in the past with them murdering people, it operates. They are so good at it. it the, the mother, honestly, must have been like yeah. Oh, yeah. just so good at this murder thing because no one ever suspected them until she was gone. There was just nothing. Uh, they have been getting away with this for so many years and being just nothing but upstanding members of the town. People really like them. Yeah, like Anders, who likes Iris. (laughs) And uh, comes to them with a clue, I guess, because like we mentioned earlier, this 
this rainstorm has made things Brought wash some up. Things to you the know, surface, yeah. Uh, namely bones and a teeth, and you know he has a tooth that the doc thinks is a human tooth. Human tooth. And he, the doc's also found a first. He found a bone. Yeah. Uh, that he he's a doctor, so he knows it's a human bone. Yeah. But Anders comes to them, and they end up going to this like graveyard. That's like the the, the cemetery is down river, which is why it can't have been from there. Because he finds it near their property. Mm-hmm. But they're like, oh, you know, it could be from over there. And so they go over there. And then they have sex in a graveyard. Um, until Andrews gets stabbed in the head with a pitchfork by Iris' dad. dad. Which is dumb. They just, you know. Well, this is kind of also where, like, I think I, I've been nothing but praising this movie up to this point. This is where I will turn. Yeah. And say that there's a lot of things in this movie that don't make any sense at all. One of the things is that. They, like I said, they've been getting away with this for so long. And then the dad in this moment kills a police officer. Like, this is the beginning of his freaking murder spree where he doesn't give a fuck. And it's like, dude, maybe we can say that he's like, he's lost it because he lost his wife and he just has no idea how to behave anymore. But if this movie had not ended the way that it did, he would have gone down for this. Like, there's yeah. no way to cover up. You killed a lot of people. Uh, in a very short period of time. In a very, like, a couple days. Um, he's just, he suddenly just takes such well, a ridiculous and turn. And Doc Barrow has, so, let's talk about Doc Barrow. Yeah. Doc Barrow has him. Yeah. Uh, Doc Barrow, by the way, is uh, Michael Parks, who is in, uh, from Best Till Dawn, he's in all those, like, Tarantino movies, too. He's in Red State, which is oh. another horror movie about religious people yep. <laughs> uh, which is good interesting but good and Michael Parks is awesome I think he's like really he's great he's got a lot of empathy his daughter disappeared question mark she's years probably ago. one of the girls who it's almost certainly they've eaten I mean that's the implication that's and actually so one that's... of my other least favorite parts of the movie really quick uh, <laughs> I hate being spoon fed it's one of my least favorite things yeah. and um, there's a picture of her in his office and I went in my smart brain, my smart person brain who watches movies, mm-hmm. I went, oh, that's his daughter. She's gone. Uh, they probably killed her. Of course. That, that's like, obviously. And then instead of letting it just be that, which it obviously is, he taps the picture and goes, where are you, pumpkin? And I was like, obviously eaten by the Parkers. Like, I just, you did not need to do that. And does he do that every day in his office? Does he tap the picture and go, where are you, pumpkin? <laughs> like, it just totally, like... It no, it's really heavy-handed. So it's heavy-handed unnecessarily so. Like, stop. So anyway, he ends up being like, he's actually just like wandering around for a long time with this bone, and he's like, I know it. I know it's a human bone, and he just sort of like figures it out that it's the Parker family. It's because he's living through that book, and he he knew that. Well, okay, that's eventually. Yes. That's well, this, later. You're talking about, you're talking about him. Well, no, he's like carrying this bone around town, talking to people, and they're all like, "Shut up! This is like, ridiculous." It doesn't matter. You found a bone. So what? There's a graveyard yeah. not far from it. It's probably no. from there. But because he's a doctor and not a detective. Well, he also when he did the mother's autopsy, he was like, "She has Parkinson's," and I don't know if he thought that was suspicious, but he filed it away. Mm-hmm. He was like, "She had early signs of Parkinson's," and so now he's got Parkinson's. He's got this bone. He's got his missing daughter. He's done the research and found out that people have gone missing in this in this area and other areas for 30 years. He's putting all the pieces together very, very, very slowly. Which, by the way, that's how we find out in the movie that it's cannibalism is because it's on the page. It's because he's looking through a book and he is finds it. Is happening at the same time as the flashback? No, it's right before the flashback. Oh, okay. Then yes. And then there's a dinner table scene. Yes. Where they're eating person chili. Um, <laughs> it looked so good, too. I was so mad at myself. I was just hungry. Gross. 
That's real gross. It's, good. it's getting cold in Chicago. I wanted some stew. <laughs> it looked really good. But he ends up finding out and confronting. I sort of, this is sort of a blur to me because it is exactly how you expect this movie to proceed, which is a shame because a lot of this movie does a lot of things really well. Yeah. He goes to the house. He's like, where's my daughter? You killed her, didn't you? Yeah, he calls the already dead cop and is like, meet me there, which heads up, guys, don't see to a cop who you haven't seen in two days. Meet me there because that cop's already dead and you're going to die, too. Yeah. Uh, Again, this is an advice podcast now. Yeah, of course. (laughs) Also, donate people. You'll get Kuru disease. You'll get Kuru disease only for that. Do it anyway if you're not worried about getting Parkinson's. Uh, So he shows up. He's going to shoot Frank and... Frank tries to shoot him first, but instead shoots Iris, and then Frank... Iris throws herself in the way yeah. of the bullet, like a true hero. It's very confusing, because we know that Iris and Rose don't really want to... They ha- they end up having to kill the person in the basement so they can prepare it's their, her. It's a person they know. It's yeah, like they're... It's a shame. They're like, sorry, Mrs. Bartlett. Like, yeah. We apologize for murdering you. And then after it happens, they're like, we're never doing it. They're really that again. upset about it. They like, have a whole year to like yeah. not they want out. worry about it. And I think that's what motivates her to jump in front of a bullet. It's kind of dumb. It is. Um then Frank staggers backwards and hits his head, and then, you know, the whole fake he's not dead and yeah, blah, blah, blah. again. Dr. Caro, isn't it Caro? Barrow. Barrow has the same moment where he's like, I'm gonna kill him, and then he doesn't do it. And I was like, Did he not listen to our podcast last week? Clearly. <laughs> So dumb. Kill the guy, everyone. I'm going to say it again. If you're worrying about whether to do it or not, just do it. So this leads into the end of this movie, which is a a sequence in which... Iris is shot, so she's kind of lying on the floor. And Rose takes Rory and runs around. Oh, we skipped a huge part of this. Which is what? The father realizes that he has killed a police officer. Oh, yeah. And they are are done. He doesn't... Isn't this also the part where he, he goes outside to the creek and he finds like even more bones and there's just like so many bones washing up into the ivy and he realizes that they are just fucked and they cannot get out of this like they're gonna get found out so he's like okay lord time to come hang out with you i'm gonna poison myself and all my children so that we go to heaven yeah so he's gonna poison with arsenic which rose finds out pretty quickly Mm -hmm. and just before dr uh barrow gets there she knocks the person chili off the table so that no, none of them eat it. Right. And so she they she knows at this point that her father wants yeah. them all dead. And it's a very tense moment of like, this is her rebellion and, mm-hmm. you know, it's really fucked up. And then Dr. Barrow comes in and that all happens. Yes. And then and then Rose runs to the neighbor. The yeah, so they, so they escape. Rose and Rory escape. But get dragged right back into it. Yes. Very, uh, very quickly. Cause, because Rose is just useless in you know the situation what? too. You're right. That's a totally useless sequence. It's a totally useless sequence. Having them escape in the rain and yeah. then come and then, back seconds yeah. later. And they barely even run. They run to the neighbor's house. Then Rose is just sitting on the bed holding Rory. And the dad breaks in, kills the neighbor, just grabs her and takes her out. And Rose does nothing but sit there and cry. And like, okay, she's 14. But yeah. like, run from your father. <laughs> He's going to kill you. But they so, wind up back at the table. Back at the dinner table, Frank kisses Iris on the lips in a real gross and creepy I way. I knew this movie had to go incestual. Of I was like, <laughs> just waiting for it the whole time. Ugh. Gotta have cannibalism and incest in the same movie. And then Rose is clearly terrified. And I think this actually, this ending works really, really well. We're going to we're gonna get into it in a second. Oh, I think it fucked, works fucked awesomely. Me up so much. Rose is terrified because she just like 
completely rebelled. She has no idea what her father's going to do to her now. Mm-hmm. She just got dragged back. She knows that he he won't even do anything up to killing her. She doesn't even have her own, like, well, he's my father. He won't kill me. Yeah. He's going to kill all of them. She's just waiting for her death at this moment. Uh, so she draws him in and then takes a big old bite out of his neck. Mm-hmm. And then she and Iris proceed to eat him. To eat him while he's alive. Because oh. uh, they're not going to take it anymore. As Twisted Sister once said. It's it's so awful. I th- It's so graphic. And nothing up to this movie has been graphic. It's not gory at when, all until this ending until scene. This, until this moment. Like the, when they kill the people. Like we said when he knocks out the woman. It, it's like a cut scene. Like everything up to this point has been so like gray it's grays and yellows and it's all and it's very dark and then this is just it's just blood there's just so much blood and they are like animals yeah it's horrifying it's horrifying but it's really fucked up of this movie to make this moment into a triumphant one because it it is is. oh you're like they're getting him and they're like you want to eat people you're gonna get it like, it's awful. It's not. Oh, oh, it's so horrible. And, good. and again, it's a testament to the fact that these girls are the heart of the movie. And, mm-hmm. you know, the, the performances are awesome. Yeah. Uh, Specifically, I was going to say Iris. Iris has kind of like, she looks tired the whole movie. And she she is. You know, there's a lot on Iris's shoulders. But she's got these big pink circles under her eyes the whole movie. And she she's a very good, like, kind of dead-eyed stare. Whereas Rose is usually more like... She's got the same kind of dead eye, sleepy thing going on, but she's also like kind of got a little bit more fire. So when she is eating her father, you can kind of feel her rage. And when Iris is eating her father, it's like she's dead. Yeah, it's like she's already a zombie. Well, she's also been shot in the head. True, it, but and she's got this weird like headscarf wrap thing. It's so weird. But she, it's it's honestly like there's a moment where like Rose kind of breaks out of it and like realizes what has just happened that they've just gone into this utterly feral state of eating their father feral is a good word for it and looks at iris and iris has blood all over her face and she looks just looks dead she just looks like a zombie it's terrifying and really good it's really 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 good good. very effective like i said I, i almost got sick i like almost had to fast forward it was just it was very powerful and then they realize what they've done and they grab their kid brother and they run yeah, they're getting out. Gonna start a new life. Yeah. And I honestly, like, I hope that they, they do. Like, you don't feel like they become villains at the end. They have, it's it's very cathartic for both them and us. So, I'm not done talking about this movie yet, but it... Me, oh, me neither. In 2013, it was announced that this movie's gonna have a sequel and a prequel. And those are apparently oh. in development. Interesting. The sequel is going to be done by the Mexican director, the one, the director of the original. Oh, and I don't know who the prequel is being directed by, but I haven't heard anything on this, so I don't know if it's still going to happen. But interesting, it mm-hmm. kind of suggests that they're not going to stop. Just go have a nice life. Yeah, it's unfortunate. If there was a, sequel, I'd rather it be like that they were trying to, and then something from their past came back to haunt them. I think they seem they seem awfully level headed for their for their upbringing. Well, that's the question: is how much of this did they really know? Because Rory doesn't know anything. Right. Rory will be fine. But how much of this did they know before their mother died? I think a lot. Yeah. But they obviously never had to actually put it into practice. Yeah. And that's the thing is that like, sure, you can easily sit and eat a bowl of cooked human meat and be (laughs) easily and easily. Well, no. And be able to put that into a box and be like, 
this is what I'm doing. But when you look at it, it just looks like steak and I'm not going to think about it. It's totally different to go into your murder basement and kill someone and then take them apart and then eat them. Like, no, you're, you're totally right. I, this... don't th- I don't think they would do that again. Like just from when I feel like these girls, they they will obey. They will sit and eat quietly, but they are not murderers. And they like seemed to know that. Well, the fact that we give that sense is to this movie's credit and to the actress's credit. That, like We really feel like these girls have rich interior lives and... Mm-hmm. You know, feel conflicted. It's not just, oh, they don't want to do it, but they do it anyway. It's like, it's more complicated than that. This is, is their their way of being. And I think that this is, this is my good lead in into that. I really, really love the title. Mm-hmm. And I think that this, that it, the title comes as full circle for me as the movie does. And that when I heard it, uh, just as, as it is, we are what we are. It's so unapologetic and it felt almost like boastful, like Kind of the way that their father is in the beginning, like, yeah. this is our way, we are who we are, that's just how it's going to be, and you hate him because yeah. he is that way. He doesn't put any thought into it, he's just forcing his family along with his weird ritual, and it's it's really annoying, that title. It's very frustrating to be like, no, you're not what you are, do something about your life. And by the end, that these girls have tried to break away from this life. They don't they don't want it. They don't want to eat people anymore. I think that the movie kind of makes that clear. They're do- they're doing it because they have to, but they don't want to eat people anymore. And the fact that the movie ends with them eating someone alive and as and, their way out. That's their escape. That's is... their escape. And and, almost, and and relishing in it a little bit in that weird kind of way in such a horrible, gory, unwatchable fashion. When they're in the car and they're driving away, which is the last shot of the movie, we are we are feels so sad yeah and it's it's tragic the irony of them not being able to escape yes and the tragedy of of it being this admittance of like we can't escape it we cannot run from the 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 things that we are yeah and that's i think that just the way that that came around for me it just made me just love this title and just think it's like the most aptly named movie (laughs) yeah no that's really good reading Mm -hmm. i don't really know that there's that much that i would have done differently I mean, there's stuff. I mean, I think there's... It's probably a little too long. There's... The the flashback should be cut. There are some unnecessary scenes of just laying it on thick that they're weird and religious that could be cut. Yeah. But I think it's... Overall, it's pretty effective. You I know think what that... the oddest part was for me? I think... And I, I wrote this down that, like, I think this movie is so mostly good um, that I feel like I'm nitpicking the things about it that didn't work. But there is a very confusing streak in this movie that, like, unfortunately, I feel like takes it down from, like an A minus to a B, something like yeah. that maybe. Um, which is that like, there's this very odd scene in which after they find the bone, but like before the tooth, it's when Anders is still alive. Yeah. He and the other police officer find a body. Oh yeah. And I, and I didn't know my thought that maybe is like I said, like we've talked about before, putting too much thought into a movie that didn't put enough thought into it was that that's how they kind of get away with it. Is that like, if girls go missing every year and they always go missing and they're never found, then it does look more suspicious than if people go missing and some are found and some are not. So I thought maybe they would kill people and then like, but no, none of them have been them. found. None have ever been found. Well, who was the girl that they found? I have no idea. You're right. This is really, this is made more confusing by this is being cut against a flashback. In fact, the climactic flashback in which we find out that they're cannibals 
is like part of this. Is that? Oh God, it was so bad. I was just like, I had because that's because those are the parents. What's going on? Yeah, that's those we are the see par- them who report the missing person. Right, right after he hits her with a tire iron. So then, what is it supposed to be like? Oh, it wasn't that girl. It was this other woman, which is then like, why? No, you're right. It totally muddles it. It's so confusing, and it, this is a movie that really knows what it's doing in a lot of ways, and that just felt so unlike I mean, it. I just the only I was thing like, I there has to be of, something that I'm missing. The only thing I can think of is that it is just a murder. It's just a brutal murder because Frank's coming undone after his wife's death, but because they um, don't eat her. her, like you know, she's not in that. Yeah, she's not in their dungeon. Yeah. So, and we never know. We never find out where the woman from the dungeon. Right. Came yeah, from. Yeah, she we don't know, know when they story. when they kidnapped her. But it's really interesting. Uh, you're right. That doesn't really work at all. And it's just sort of... I really did think it maybe he was trying to throw them off and be like, see, they found her and we clearly didn't kill her. So have, have this one solved case for your files. I guess. But after all this time, it doesn't really make a lot of sense for him to break from that other than his life's been upended. I agree. I don't really... Get, that's what I'm saying. I don't get it. I don't understand that. And I don't understand like... I don't know. There's just there were just several things in the movie that were just like baffling and weird. The flashbacks I just yeah. didn't I couldn't follow if it was the because my first thought was that it was the same father and he just keeps having children and then marrying them. Oh, that's you know? oh god, but that's, that's totally possible. It's it's possible at least in my crazy theory of and what is supported of which is Iris is now the mother. And I was like, oh, well, are you yeah. just going to like have sex with Iris and then make another child because your wife is dead? Like, it's not beyond the realm of possibility. Except that they live in this very normal town. I can't tell if it is the the same actor or not. Maybe I'm totally wrong about that. It looks the same, though. That's, but that's what was my, was my thought was just bearded old white men look the same. And I didn't remember what the mother looked like because she dies in the opening It's definitely movie. not because I looked on IMDb and it says oh. Alice and Alice's mother. And it's Alice Parker is the one who starts the diary. What's their mother's name? Not Alice. It's Emma. Emma Parker. Alice doesn't live here anymore. <laughs> you know who Alice Parker is? Because I didn't know at first if it was a um, quote from like a poet or something. Alice Parker was killed in the Salem Witch Trials. Like the real Alice Parker. That's hella interesting. Yeah. This movie does nothing with that. No. <laughs> Nor necessarily should it. But you know. It's just an interesting little tidbit. Yeah. She's one of the women who was, ha- who was hung. What? Yeah. I know. Cool beans. <laughs> cool beans indeed. <laughs> we got anything else in this movie? Do you want a sequel? That was my one question for you was, do you think they will carry on their tradition? And I guess that is the question of if there was a sequel, yeah. because because I think I've actually in this podcast answered that I don't think they will. I don't think so either. But we are what we are. But they might out of desperation. What's the desperation? Because it's... They're this teenage was never, girls that don't know the, what the no, fuck else to do. No, but this was never do. to feed them. It was only to feed their eternal souls. So, like, the, the yeah, desperation the of their now. eternal souls. They're on the run they're, now. They're not going to be murdering and eating people if they're, like, on the run. Maybe that's why a sequel never came to fruition, because someone realized that doesn't make any sense. Well, no, it would be Iris is now 25, and uh, Rose is 22, and Rory's in high school, and they're trying to live their totally normal life, and then the police officer who doesn't die has tracked them down and been like, I, you can't run. You are who you are, and I'm going to... No, seriously, it would be, it'd be we are we are what we are too. You are what you are, <laughs> and please don't make that movie. They're gonna world. go. They're gonna go down for what they've done because you can't run from your past. So I don't think they will. I don't think they'll continue the they continue the tradition. They seem really, really anti that world. I think they're better than that. They are. They're very good girls. 
I know that sounds bad. That sounds real bad. They're sweet. They love their younger brother. They're more They're than sweet. Very They're tornable. more than sweet. That's so derisive. <sighs> They're, They're complex sweet. and interesting. This is what I meant They're when, not when sweet. I said they They're good, not though. sweet. They're good. They're good people. Not really. They're trying to be. We're Here all, we're all be trying to be good people. <laughs> oh my God. So cynical. So I'm glad we tend to agree that we have mixed feelings on this movie, but generally, like, it was a good use of a, an hour and 45 minutes. Yes. Like I said, I think that I think the things I didn't like about it are smaller than what I really did enjoy about most yeah. of it. I thought it really characters tone structure i really thought all it hit all the big points and just got wrapped up in the weird nitty-gritty of the details so now that we've um we've devoured it alive you want to get in a pickup truck and drive (laughs) Drive away away. god all of our heroes are always ziplining (laughs) or driving away or running away it's yeah we're doing the same goodbye let's uh we are we are don't have a sequel time for next week Yep, let's pull up the roulette and see what's going to be on our docket for next week. So, next week's movie will be... Extraordinary Tales. Oh, boy. This feels like a Disney Channel original movie. Mm. I don't know. Oh. I'll go ahead and look Can it up. Look it up. Extraordinary Tales is a animated anthology of five Edgar Allan Poe stories. And it's from 2013. The... Top build cast is unreal because oh it's Christopher Lee, Bella Lugosi, <gasps> and Guillermo del Toro as narrators. What? So this oh, could be awesome. Lee. I know. I'm sad. Count Dooku. Count Dooku himself. R.I.P. Saruman. Our favorite Sith Lord. And Dark Wizard. <laughs> Definitely not my favorite Dark Wizard. Uh, in Lord of the Rings. Sure. Anyway. In Lord of the Rings. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> This sounds exciting. Yeah, this could be really good. I really enjoyed it. It sounds extra fun for uh, for Halloween, even though that's it's. We're listen, well past Halloween. Uh, it doesn't matter. Halloween continues until Christmas. I said it. Trademark, Liz Smart. Wow, <laughs> it's Halloween year round on no streaming. That's very true. It is yeah. Halloween year round, and then on Christmas we watch the Nightmare Before Christmas. Yes. Classic. Anyway, extraordinary tales. Yeah, next week. So join us next week. For extraordinary tales, <laughs> we're gonna tell extraordinary tales about extraordinary tales. Oh yeah, I hope it's good. I really hope it's <laughs> oh, good. Fingers crossed. It could really suck. It. I have higher hope if it has such a good cast. Yeah, or at least you know voice talent. <laughs> hmm. So thanks so much for listening. Be sure to check us out on nowscreaming.com. and on Twitter at nowscreamingpod and Facebook at nowscreaming. If you want to join the conversation, yeah, please tell us what you thought of. We are what we are. We'd love to talk about it. Yes, definitely for sure. Be sure to rate and review us on iTunes if you like the podcast. It's it really helps us out a lot, and you know helps people find us. Shares the love. Mm-hmm. And uh, thanks to Jonas Leica for our theme music, Anna Campbell for our great logo, and thanks Wes Craven for making the hills have eyes, which has nothing to do with this other than cannibalism. But I'm glad <laughs> he made families. it anyway. <laughs> oh yeah, cannibalism and terrible families. All of those terrible families. Oh yeah, this is. Thanks, Wes Craven. Practically a Wes Craven movie. For making this movie. (laughs) All right, right. until next week, everyone. Thanks, everyone. Bye bye. bye.